Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. This episode, we are talking about Kids on Bikes, that subgenre of adventure films that exploded in the 1980s and are going just as strong once again today. We'll dive into some of our favorite examples to try and figure out why we loved them then and why are they still resonating with audiences so much now. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I'm Clifton. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Frank Melman. All right. This episode is inspired by the fact that it is once again Stranger Things time. But we will not be focusing on Stranger Things or talking spoilers for the latest season mm. or anything like that. So in case you are not up to date on that show, this episode will still be safe. I know that not everyone stayed up until 3 a.m. on Thursday night, Friday morning to watch a new episode, even though they had to be at work at 7 a.m. that same morning, <laughs> like I may or may not have done. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah. yeah, I didn't do I didn't do it that night, but I definitely did it Friday. Uh, got to see okay. got to see the sun come up on on uh, Saturday morning. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, not everybody's in that position, no. so we will we will take that into consideration and not spoil anything nah. uh, up to date on the show. But we might refer to some broad concepts from Stranger Things based on earlier seasons, just as we talk about this genre of films. And uh, one other thing you might have noticed, mine is not the voice you normally hear right off the bat, but that is because Zach is traveling with family and we couldn't get a time worked out when we could all be here to record. So uh, he will be missed, but we hope he's having a great time. And now on with the show. So first thing I will say is that I was absolutely obsessed with these movies when I was a kid. (laughs) Yes. Like, if you gave me any movie that was a ragtag group of kids versus the world <laughs> slash monsters right. slash aliens slash commies mm-hmm. slash whatever, like, I was 100% in, no questions asked, like, right from the start. I have a theory about that, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what we'll get into, because, I mean, I definitely want to answer the question of, like, why did we love these things so much? Mm-hmm. And I assume... I'm not alone in that. No, so, no. I mean, did you all like them just as much as I did? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Even more so, yeah, yeah. Would, yeah. Same here. I watch a ton of those, too. Yeah. I, I, I was always good with the idea of, like you said, um, a group of kids, you know, uh, going up against something that was definitely not thought of as kid stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And or, like you said, you know, going against, you know, monsters or the, or the world or whatever. So, right. Yep. Always on board for that. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, I was it was a kind of interesting moment for me because I had an older brother that's four years my senior, mm-hmm. and he got a bike. And okay. uh, when he got a bike, uh, uh, I mean, four years is nothing when you're older, but when you're a kid, oh my right. God, those four years is just, it could be, you know, the, <laughs> right. the span of a lifespan, right. you know? It's um, immense. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't imagine what life is going to be like in four years from then. Yes. Moment. Well, he self-taught himself how to ride a bike. And we would tag along, me and my younger brother, to wherever he went. And this Joker went everywhere. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if you, you're familiar with Rock Creek, but he damn near biked everywhere on that bike on the Rock <laughs> Creek Trail, which is insane at his age. And for those not in the area, Rock Creek Park is a park that runs like all through Washington D.C. and suburbs. Yes, that park is probably 30 miles long. It's like a 30 mile long narrow park that just runs through all over this area. Yes. So his his eight year old to my uh, four year old was just it, it crazy basically for me to be tagging <laughs> along while he's on the bike. But we thought so highly of him because he got everyone on the bike. It seemed like the world was open to him. Yeah. When he was on the bike, so much that he taught me how to ride a bike. 
And how he taught me was the worst thing you could imagine. He taught me how to ride a bike on a hill. Oh. Yeah, and it was <laughs> <laughs> it was a bike with no handle brakes. So mm. after the fourth attempt, the second one almost crashed into a fence, a metal fence. Mm. <laughs> but, but, but the fourth attempt, I got it. And from that point on, it was like, oh, my God, the world is opening up to me. Right. So that's that's how I felt when I was on a bike. So and it, and it was captured, I thought, by all the movies I saw, because every time I saw a kid on a bike, yes. oh, my God, the world the world was open to, him, you know. No, I had, I had very, very similar thoughts where I was like, when you're a kid, like that bike represents freedom yes. to you. Yes. It represents like freedom and opportunities. And and thinking of these movies, like that's that's what it captures. Like it gives these kids agency yes. in these movies yes. at the time of, of being their their vehicle for, you know, fighting establishments or fighting invaders or whatever mm-hmm. they're fighting this time. Like like it's definitely like the source of their powers is that that freedom and that mobility and that agency to go out there and do things on your own. And and we're of a generation where I mean it was it was different then and I don't know how it is now. I don't have kids. I mean, you, Frank, have a, have a young child right. and, and Tommy, your, your kids are a bit older. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was like with either of them. But I mean, do you imagine that like the world that, that they're growing up in and grew up in being like the amount of freedom we had to do that type of stuff? No, not I don't. Th- I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, what I was going to say was for me, was I remember there was like when I got you know, started riding a bike, and had my bike and it was just the idea of, you know, and it's more so like when you get a car, but, but again, as a kid, when you have that bike and the idea of like, well, I have no idea. I've never, my parents have never driven down this street before in my own neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to check out what's in this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. something small, but exactly. it's like to a kid, it's, it's this idea of opening up your, you know, the world, the world around you gets that much bigger, but no, I don't, I don't foresee, you know, I just don't. You know, part of it is where I live is a pretty, you know, pretty busy thoroughfare. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, when I think about where I lived, I had the same thing where I lived in, in South Texas. There was the main drag of like my town was, you know, within two to three blocks of bike distance. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I very rarely. But that's, you know, other than that's where like it was right in the corner of where I lived was the Seven Eleven. You know, so that's like Slurpees and comic books. And then there's also the 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 Pizza Hut was right there. So that meant like sit down miss pac-man or sit down whatever video game they had or <laughs> right. if they yeah. had a stand-up yeah. game so i spent some time there and then when we moved to another part of the town um you could bike through the back like through our back way back of our house to another convenience store that they had in texas called the, the maverick market and that was a place that had like an immense magazine section the spinner rack and it was like you know again for a kid that you know that loved comics it was really great but it was also great across the main drag. So you had to be careful with your bike of like, that was one of the first places I'm like, okay, I'm crossing this main, <laughs> this main thoroughfare at like 13 by myself, you know? And and again, as a kid, that's a huge thing because, you know, you know, your parents are not, you know, you're on your own basically. Mm-hmm. And that freedom is something that, that, that definitely, you know, is, is, you know, it's, it's enormous when you're that age. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I saw, um, this is a little while back, but I saw Zelda Williams on Twitter tweet that she had seen younger audiences watching Stranger Things and saying that they thought it was unrealistic. <laughs> and the reason that they cited Stranger Things being unrealistic was because they said there's no way kids would be allowed to just wander around 
unattended without parents as much as they do in that show. Right. And I think like everyone of a certain generation just laughed out loud like Tommy just did. Yes. <laughs> just at the, at the thought of that. Yeah. And because it wasn't like that is what it was. Yeah. Like, I mean, summer break, like I was gone as soon as I woke up. Yes. <laughs> and and like, I mean, I was miles away. Right. Yes. Like on, at a creek or in the woods. Yes. <laughs> or something. Yes. And then like by dark, I'd come yeah, back. Yeah, you come back home. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. knew you had to be back by uh, uh, nightfall. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know, vividly playing around like a, uh, at a, a friend of mine from school and she and I would go and hang out. And and we would hang out around the drainage ditch. Yeah, like that's ins- like any one of us could have you know gotten you know taken a spill and at the bottom of a drainage ditch and no one oh yeah no mm. one would have I mean we'd have cell phones no it's like it, you know good luck finding a payphone <laughs> right. out there it's nuts yeah. when, I, when I think about some of the places I was as a kid where I'm like no I I just yeah, yeah I mean, again when I think of Stranger Things I'm like oh no that was how it is you, you know there was I mean yep. the the and again in, in my hometown South Texas they didn't get an actual comic shop proper comic shop for like i again i had to be almost 15 so you're talking from the time i started really collecting to like 12 or 13 to about 15 is three year span so when they finally got one i you know my my parents my mom and my dad were pretty good about taking me regularly to get regular comics you know every wednesday or friday depending on when they came out but when i there was a couple times where like they were busy or they had you know something going on with my sister and they couldn't take me so i would bike there and it was you know you know it was practically the other side of town <laughs> you know so you're talking miles away and then trying to negotiate like a full bag of comics like you know if i slung it on my backpack it's you know it's moving around as i'm trying to bike and it was again one of the thoughts of like i don't think i would ever do you know i it's amazing to me that i did it (laughs) because of how far away it was but again yeah it doesn't stranger things never has ever felt like anything other like yeah that's that's how it was (laughs) yeah no (laughs) yeah it felt authentic to me too yeah yeah like calling and telling your parents you'll be at someone else's house for dinner and that's not where you're going. And, and then they what, call yeah. and tell their parents they're going to be at your house for dinner. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that happens. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's funny you bring up the drainage ditch because it'd be anything that was a mystery, whether it be an old house, mm-hmm. uh, a drainage ditch, hell, even a cave, man. It, it, it didn't matter where it was. If it was some sort of mysterious thing to it, you get your friends together to investigate the situation to see yeah. what the heck's going on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think uh, to me, those movies captured the uh, uh, the curiosity of kids during that time, mm-hmm. along with how parents were always just busy. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, both my parents worked, so it, right. it wasn't like they had time to watch me. And if, right. if and they had the same hours people do now, from eight to five, they came in tired. And then I was either lucky to get McDonald's or they cooked dinner, and they, and they cooked dinner. They had an extra two hours to them being busy. You know, it just. It, it it was roaming the streets was the norm. But, but the thing about it was also like, and again, I've, I know you guys have talked about like Craig of the Creek and stuff and I haven't watched it yet, but like, I know in my old, my old hometown, there was, you know, there were tales of, you know, tales of the schoolyard, tales in the playground of like, mm-hmm. well, that person, like, like that house that burned down, burned down because someone was practicing witchcraft there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, yeah, or that's yeah. the town, you know, that was like the, or like, I know like downtown in, in my hometown, that was that there was a particular bar that you could solicit <laughs> that wow. that I knew about as a kid. Like it was talked about as a you know you know they made it onto the playground. Well, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, again, you're like 13 or 14, and people are like, oh, you're gonna go see you know again you know such they would such. you're gonna mm-hmm. go see so and so like so and so, and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, oh, that's, yeah, right. yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah, you know, 
again, it was one of those things where, again, as a kid, you have no idea what they're talking about, but you play the game of like, oh, I know. And like, no, I didn't right. know. I had yeah, no yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but like, there was all sorts of stories I remember around my hometown of like, you know, the urban legend stuff of like, uh, uh, you know, the devil of the dance, you know, that one? No. No, I don't know that, that one. That one is one of like, it's, it's like a, it's like a story about a girl uh, goes, a very vain woman goes to this dance, meets a handsome gentleman you know, clock strikes midnight type of thing. And then it turns out that the, the guy has goat legs. Like he's actually the devil. Ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Jeez. Yeah. And that was like one of those things like, and then people were like, Oh yeah. It happened like at that, at that dance hall over there, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 They'll make fun. Yeah. They'll make fun. Yeah. Yeah. But right. where that would be like the thing of like, yeah, that's, that's that kind of stuff. Those kind of stories. Like I had those in my hometown all over the place. Okay. It was like, yeah. But as a kid, you know, you, you, no one would be brave enough to like go check out, you know, those things. But, we would talk about it and, you know, pedal around and do stuff. Mm-hmm. No, every day was an adventure, especially if you had a bike. Yeah. Just opened up. Right. In fact, like if in some cases, if you knew somebody else with a bike, you use their bike to go get them. Or if there's one of you that didn't have a bike, <laughs> guess what? You're hanging on the back of that bike. Yeah. While the other person standing pedals. on the back wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Trying, to com- trying to compensate for that weight. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh my god! But that's another thing from the movies, like what you what you got at Tommy of of like your mysteries, like your the child sense of mystery. Like kids don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like everything can become a haunted story to them. Mm-hmm. Every house, like every empty house, can become a haunted house. Yes, that those movies really play into that by presenting. I mean, I'm I'm thinking like let's talk about Goonies mm-hmm. for a second. Okay, and and Goonies is the the premise is that you know these kids are not the upper class kids. They're the average kids. They're kind of the outcast kids uh, who just want to save their neighborhood because developers are buying it out. And then they get wind that there could be pirate treasure under their town. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the mystery is on. Mm -hmm. And, and I think seeing another reason, like why I resonate, like why I connected with these movies so much is that I would often see kids like that. that were like me, like I wasn't rich. Like I was, you know, middle class. And, and I knew I was middle class cause I knew like the rich kids in my class who had all the toys yes. and I didn't. So yes. I was like, yes. I was aware of like class differences, even as a kid, just in that context. And, and you see like these, they present people that look like us that are, you know, in the same situation as us that all of a sudden now their their neighborhood is hiding all these secrets. And you think like, Oh, like it's not hard for your mind to start imagining that in your neighborhood too Mm -hmm. and and that's just what like that sense of magic i think just spread out from those movies into into me like that they would fuel like all my adventures around the neighborhood too where i was just like i wonder if there's pirate treasure like uh, down this creek in my neighborhood because there were spanish doubloons or whatever in their organ town yes yes one-eyed willie's treasure so now that sense of imagination and hope and wonderment it, it just feel. I think it felt every kid at that time. Just thinking that you're part of something bigger or be able to help your family in ways that they couldn't possibly do. Like mm-hmm. right. that. Yeah. That's. I mean, with Goonies, it's just the imagination, the belief that you were right in believing in something no one else could, or everybody, right. or or how adults would tell you, you don't know nothing. You're a kid. You, you know, you mm-hmm. proved them wrong by doing something they would never imagine doing. You know, it just right. that kind of wonderment always filled you with with. with the mysteries of what you would know around your town or, or even the, uh, the, that story, but uh, I never knew about that dance story. <laughs> just, just yeah. my, my <laughs> no, that story. Yeah. 
No, but there's like similarly along those lines. What like again when you think about oh, there's money in my town. Or there's there's there was uh, across the street from us. There was a couple that didn't they didn't live there very long because the guy got into trouble. When the reason he got into trouble was, um, he had four other people or three other people tried to rob a bank in, in in Matamoros, Mexico, and they were busted. But it was all over the news, like and it was like our neighbors, and it was a huge story. And the guy was like, before, like, and I had talked to him maybe a handful of times with my parents, and he was like, oh, you like comic books? Let me show you. And he had all these early Flash stories, like early Barry Allen Flash stories. That I that was the first place I ever saw those issues were was there. And then it turns out the guy went on to try to rob a bank, and, and they failed. <laughs> but there was talk that there was either money in the house or money somewhere in a storage unit within our town. Right. Okay. So again, okay. it was one of those things of like, you know, a rumor, you know, it's rumor, it's small town, it's small town rumor stuff, but at the same time, you know, um I but the other thing that I that I thought more about it was uh, and I think I've talked about it before is like um Jor Lansdale does a lot of small town noir stuff, but a lot of time it's it's bent with supernatural stuff, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it can be as simple as people are terrible, people are monsters, but no, sometimes full on, no monsters are there too. Right. And I think, you know, when I think about, you know, these kids on bike stuff, so I was like, he does it more, it's more adult opposed to kids, but I definitely like when I, I have the same tug or pull towards that stuff when I'm thinking about the genre. Yeah. Like the blending of like real horrors with imagined horrors. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Or, yes. Or, or like, remember the season Tommy of Fargo with Chris Rock? Uh-huh. Where it's very much the idea of like, there's, you know, there's actual horrific gangster stuff going on. And then at the same time. You know, we get the we, we as an audience member see some of the supernatural stuff as well. Yes, you know that kind of thing of like no, it's like you know there's there's stuff that you see and then there's the world but like beneath it or up to the side of it that not everyone gets gets to be privy to. So, yeah, yeah, and you hope they can't a glimpse of both, but from the eyes of a child, both have seemed uh, beyond your reach. Whether it's mm-hmm. real crime or right. uh, uh, monsters or anything like that. That's that, in fact that's, that reminds me of that one movie, um, Monster Squad. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In which they stumble upon yeah. that while the whole town doesn't believe what's actually occurring. They're the right. ones to uncover the belief of what that is, which yeah, right. it's it, it stems from that as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that was one of my favorites uh around the time it came out uh-huh. for sure. Uh Shane Black, correct? Shane Black wrote yes, that. I, I believe think so. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, premise of that one is that Dracula is coming back to life in your town and you, and you, this group of kids is the only ones who knows or believes it's happening. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing Wolfman and Frankenstein and who <laughs> yeah. else with them. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, I loved that one as a kid. I loved it again. I mean, it's got the ragtag group of kids that are archetypical of a lot of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of the like Goonies, like the outcast group. And, and that is something that's, that I've noticed in common. Mm-hmm. in a lot of them so i mean that's probably something i responded to as well right okay. just because like like i saw mine and my friends is like you know not the popular kids but also like we were just kind of doing our thing right mm-hmm. and and another one that like i really really liked is explorers yeah 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 that's a good one too and that one I do know who directed that one because it was Joe Dante mm-hmm. and uh, written by uh, Eric Luke, but starred Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix and uh, Jason Presson and River Phoenix, oddly enough, who's known as the heartthrob leader <laughs> right. uh, in, in life before his you know, tragic ending. But he was the nerd yeah. in Explorers. Yeah. He played Wolfgang. Yes. He was like the nerdy science kid 
in Explorers and Ethan Hawke is like just the average kid. And then, uh, and then their other friend whose character's name is Derek is like the troubled home life, which is also a common thing that comes up is that often, you know, at least one of the kids will have a trouble, will have trouble at home. In oh the yeah. Group. Oh yeah. But yeah, and that one, I mean, it's a kids on bike movie for the first half and then it takes a turn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like it that does. Movie, yes, it does. That movie takes such a hard turn. Yes, it does. Um, but I mean, I loved it just because the, the, again, it's, it's the possibilities uh, that it presents of like, you've got these three kids on bikes. You got the, like, they're just, you know, traveling their neighborhood. They, they've got a dream mm-hmm. that they're a vision of sorts that they're seeing of this turns out to be like a circuit board is what they determine and and following this vision they have the smart kid played mm-hmm. by river phoenix builds it yeah like actually constructs this circuit board this computer piece and then it gets them a, a magic force field <laughs> like all of a yeah, sudden they've got this, yeah, yeah, this like yeah. force field bubble they can control right and and then they make of course the the logical leap that any kid would make of like let's put let's build us a ship and ride this thing around mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah made perfect sense to me of course yeah i loved it and then uh that's when it that's when it goes off the rails in the movie and i still loved every second of it after mm-hmm. but it, they're no longer kids and bikes they're kids in space yes. still yes yes and meet some some very unexpected aliens but yeah no that's one that that i loved as well mm-hmm. uh, what are some examples that you can think of that had the stuff we talked about I always loved the one that I was loving, and they're a little past being like kids because it's got a little bit of the, mm. the teenager stuff in it. But yeah, I mean, kids and bikes is kind of a loose <laughs> nomer too for this whole group because a lot of times it's often kids and it's often preteens and it's often teens. Mm. So yeah, it's just kind of a catch-all phrase to cover like child through teens. Yeah, I always I always love the Lost Boys. Yeah, I forgot about the Lost Boys. No, you're hundred yeah. percent correct. They are I with think- bikes. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Lost Boys is great because it's got the whole fish out of water thing and trying to fit in and trying to find your place. And then, you know, you kind of lose in touch with your older brother who's being seduced by, you know, turn, getting turned into a vampire. <laughs> right. Vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the the illusion. And I think it's one of the first places I've ever ever heard of it was the idea of, you know, the, the Lost Boys and Peter Pan being somewhat, you know, vampiric. That was always a cool illusion, right. I thought. <laughs> a little nefarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, um. You know, you never grow, you know, the, the tagline of the poster being, you know, sleep all, was it uh, party all night, sleep all day, never grow old, mm-hmm. some, right. some along those yeah. lines. But yeah, I was, you know, you know right. it's everybody and it's great. Yeah. It's the Corys and what, Jason Patrick, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Alex, uh, Alex Winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jamie Gertz. Yeah, from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie Gertz. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You know, was, that was so star studded. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, Bernard Hughes is the, was a grandpa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was the mom? Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, I can see her. Oh, um, from Parenthood. Um, yes, I can't think of her name at all. I'm sorry. Diane Weist. Thank Diane you, Weist. Diane Weist. Yes, she's, yes. she's great in everything. Yeah, she's awesome in that too. But no, just that and the fact that you know the the twist in it's nice. Um, isn't that uh, and who directed that? That was uh, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, Schumacher right? Yes, yeah, it yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. I love that one. Yeah. Love the Lost Boys. Classic, classic. Yeah, it's a really, really good one. But that was when we start. When I was thinking about putting stuff together for this, that was when I thought, "Oh yeah, the Lost Boys." Mm-hmm. I can't believe I yeah. forgot about that one. I can see the whole thing, but to me, unfortunately, the iconic one that comes to mind with me is always and will be the Goonies. It's just that 
It's how it starts right. out. Yeah. And I can still hear Cindy Lauper singing in my ear when they, <laughs> when they you know what I'm saying? Good enough. Yes. Yeah, they're good enough. It, it just echoes. Every time I see a kid, a bunch of kids on a bike, even when it's not Cindy Lauper playing, like it, you can put that to Cindy Lauper right now. Right. right now. Yeah. Even to yeah. this day. Yeah. To right. this day. It's just, yeah. it's just made for it, you know? Yeah, I mean, Goonies is for sure, like, the quintessential one, mm-hmm. I'd say, uh, of that era. I mean, you got some, like, again, when we talk about kids, kids on, or kids on bikes, mm-hmm. um, I don't know when I first became aware of this, like, as a phrase, as, like, a catch-all phrase for movies. Mm-hmm. I do know it was at least by 2016, because I remember when I first saw, like, advertisements for Stranger Things, and I mean just like a image, like a title card mm-hmm. on on Twitter or something that was like Netflix's new show, and I was excited for it just because I don't know I was like I've always been captivated by this idea. Like I said, this <laughs> I was obsessed with these things, right? And so I do remember describing to people when they would say like, "What Stranger Things?" I'd be like, "Oh, it's Netflix's new kids on bike show." <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was aware of it as a phrase by then, and looking it up, like I do see com- I do see the phrase being used on Google and stuff around 2016, but usually right after stranger things launch where people are referring to it as, as you know, the resurgence of it. So I don't know when I became aware of it as a phrase, but a lot of times it does get classified as like a subgenre of sci-fi specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people will think that, and it is a lot of the times, but it's not all of the times like Goonies is fantasy, but it's not, sci-fi per se yeah like there's no there's no magic creatures in it it's just like it's just pirate fantasy Pirate fantasy, yeah and and there are some others that don't quite fit in there like bmx bandits yeah. i know counts yes. as like a kids on bikes movie literally it's yes. in the title bmx bandits i don't i don't know that movie at all oh it came out 83 that's the crazy part it came out right after the quintessential one which is et which is right. crazy. Yeah, E.T., of course, yeah. too. And it yeah. precedes Goonies. That that even makes it even more <laughs> part of this. Yeah, it is kind of an omission that we didn't mention E.T. yet. Because mm-hmm. that literally is kids flying on the air yes. on bikes. Yes, uh, That kind of is where it all came from, probably. Probably. Well, actually, <laughs> uh, when, when researching this, or at least looking for different sources, I came across NPR brought the subject up in 2016, in which one of their um, speakers or the, the people behind the, the mic was talking about how it was really introduced with uh, a wrinkle in time helped create the kids on bikes. I can see that. Oh, like the the novel, yeah, the original yeah. novel, yeah. Well, for yeah. me, I've never read a wrinkle in time. Don't have a heart attack. Okay, <laughs> but no. but it, but they, they were mentioning that in the October Country, which I've never read. Um, mm, in which yeah, it's it's brought up in the sci-fi sense of what you were saying earlier, Clifton, of how. It was that sci-fi slash fantasy in which kids dealt into a greater mystery and how they got around and able to do so were on bikes. Mm. So yeah. at least that's that's when they thought it came about. Who knows mm. as specifically as to how. Right. But the first yeah. time I, re- can, I can recount it was with E.T. That's the yeah. f- mm-hmm. first time I can recall that actually being the thing. But I thought it was just, you know, a story about kids. You know, I didn't think it would be a subgenre because... What we're, right. to me, what made the subgenre is it expands upon then um, not only being sci-fi, it, it also to me it delved into stuff like everyday life, like regardless of right. that. Um, what's the other movie? Um, Stand by Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. which it, there's there's no sci-fi with that. It's just right. <laughs> kids just wandering about. Uh, it would they? I mean, half of it they're mostly walking, but initially they're definitely on bikes as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And just going back to BMX Bandits for a second, mm-hmm. yeah, it was similar to that. Like, it's a crime. It's like a crime movie. Like, these Nicole Kidman and these kids on bikes solve, like, a crime thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not fantasy, but it's very much like, you know, the bikes are their agency to be crime fighters in a way okay. in, this, in, in Australia. And then in Stand By Me is another similar one falls into that. Um, Gleaming the Cube, strangely, which I've brought up before, mm-hmm. oddly enough, on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Which is 1989. It's not a bike. It's a skateboard. Okay. But it's a similar thing where it's Christian Slater and his skateboard taking on organized crime and criminals and a mob <laughs> who, who uh, killed his brother. Oh, wow. Okay. And when I was a skater kid and like, I mean, hungry for anything skateboarding, Mm -hmm. like I was in the theater to see that movie. I probably own it somewhere. I probably have a VHS of it somewhere here still, oddly enough. But yeah, I mean, in that one, it's a skateboard. So it it can be, it doesn't have to always be bikes. Um, But yeah, just that like the kids on their own versus something much, much bigger than them without adult help or supervision. Mm Or occasionally there is adult helper supervision, but it's usually in the form of like an outcast adult. Okay. Like it's somebody that they, that the kids wouldn't look at as a normal adult type figure often case. Um, I can think of some examples of that, but I mean, some of the other ones that are, I mean, not necessarily sci-fi, not necessarily fantasy in a way, or like Red Dawn, I thought yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, definitely Red Dawn. Where they're fighting a communist invasion of this small town, middle America. Mm-hmm. And they're all that stands in their way of, and is protecting freedom from this, <laughs> right. you know, evil empire. And I loved that one when I was a kid. I mean, it was still the cold war when this came out. Right. And, and even children of the eighties, like, I mean, we were, we we're the tail end of the cold war, but still somehow got hit by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we still got hit by it. Uh, and we're into it, but yeah, like, I mean, it's just it's just kids in their wits fighting unnamed communists. Yes. I guess in that one. <laughs> right. No, that's a good one. I, I was thinking though, like what when I think about the 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 genre itself or the subgenre of itself, how much do you think like just because of the fact that like I was a latchkey kid. Right. Right. And the fact that I, yeah. I had so much, you know, Tommy mentioned earlier, just having so much, you know, unsupervised free time that led to being out and doing stuff so much. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think about. Is it, you know, is it a reflection of that time? That's why those movies came about because, you know, I mean, I don't know how much people would want to watch my, you know, my exploits as a kid, as opposed to like, I'm not fighting, you know, I'm not like, I'm not looking for pirate gold. I'm not trying to, you know, right. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, figure out if the devil of the dance happened at this particular right. dance hall. I'm like, I'm not involved in that, but these kids are. Right, you're not yelling Wolverines no. while you shoot a rocket launcher. <laughs> no, no, definitely yeah, not. No, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to scavenge food or, or you know, or, or get get <laughs> right. in with a really cool tank driver or you know none of that right. stuff from from uh, Red Dawn. <laughs> but again, I said earlier, I said I had my theory as to why you were drawn to these. Yeah. you know, you specifically, Clifton, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it does get back to Scooby Doo mysteries. Right. And the yeah. idea of I was a huge Scooby Doo fan. You are, yeah, and were, yeah. and and you know, you mentioned it before. And I think, and I think, you know, when I think about all those Saturday morning shows that I absorbed, that it was like, you know, whether it was you know Scooby Doo or you know Captain Caveman or, or Speed Buggy or any of that stuff, you know, or you know Josie and the Pussycats, you know, any of that stuff, it was right. always them fighting against something that was right, you know, 
beyond their thing. And then sometimes they weren't, you know, the kids weren't, but like you said, weren't believed or it was, you know, something they weren't supposed to be into, but they were solved the crime or solving the mystery or, you know, and I think a lot of that comes from that. But again, Mm -hmm. as Tommy was saying, where it all comes from with a wrinkle in time, going back to my childhood, wrinkle in time. And then what's the second book is the second book a Swifty to it's a, either a Swifty swiftly tipping planet or, it's like a, it was a trilogy at one point, but I can't remember. But we okay. had those like as a kid, we we had um like as part of our day of school, we like in the private school that I went to, we had stuff read to us, and we that was one of the novels or the the series that we read was those three books. Okay, so I could definitely see it coming from there. But again, right. I, I don't know if it's it was, you know, I kind of thought I didn't realize it till now, like what Tommy was saying that it was just you know kids on bikes. That's how they got around. So therefore, yeah. Right. Like, why would it be? Why would there be anything, anything genre like to it? Right. Right. It's just what life was. Right. I uh, just did a quick search. Wrinkle in Time, A Wind in the Door, there it is. A Swiftly Tilting Planet there it is. is the third yeah. one. And then there were actually two more Many Waters and An Acceptable Time. Hmm, okay. Oh, wow. Might, might have to check that, those last two out. <laughs> yeah. It looks like one of them was 1989. So some of them were, were much later okay. than the others. Gotcha. Yeah. And you had mentioned Latchkey. And that is probably part of it too. Like again, where I would see myself, like I would see myself in these kids because I was a latchkey as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, like you, like me, you, Frank, Tommy, we were part of, I mean, what I feel like was probably the first and possibly the last true latchkey generation. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, kids who were raised in the, you know, mid to late seventies through the eighties and possibly into the very early nineties, the very early nineties, mm-hmm. I think are of that generation that, that didn't exist before or after, because I think economics had changed to the point in the seventies where, you know, you didn't have a stay at home mom all the time. Right. Yeah. You had more yeah. single moms working, um, mm-hmm. who had to be at work and, and their kids would come home from school or, you know, two parents having to work to sustain us, uh, to sustain a household. Yep. And yeah. And, and that was just an economic change that had happened. And then somehow in the nineties, I think is when like some of that changed again. Cause I don't remember my friends when I was in high school, I don't remember my friends, younger siblings being latchkey kids. Like I had been mm-hmm. just a few years earlier. Uh, I do. I feel like there was more, of what we have now of just yeah. like there's more oversight now yeah. like kids aren't out there wandering miles away on mm-hmm. their bikes yeah and I, f- I feel like that changed pretty soon after us i mean i'm sure it still exists some but as widespread as it was because for me i mean it was literally like in my neighborhood all of us were right all of the kids were and we'd all come home get off the bus and go somewhere yeah, that somewhere. wasn't home Mm-hmm. and and just mess around down by the creek in the woods something and, and just be on our own and i think yeah. yeah i think that probably was a part of our our resonating with these with these adventures we were seeing of like it could be us yeah like, sure. this could be yeah, us sure yeah but also too i like that i didn't even think about it bikes are much cheaper than than they are now yeah 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 i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean when i looked at prices especially uh during the time we were at home a lot I was considering getting a bike, and then I saw how much a bike costs. Like a bike for an adult, <laughs> that is not cheap. Oh no. my gosh! And, and and it shocked me because I like I remember them being so so much cheaper than this. Because why did every kid in the neighborhood have one? You know, and and well, I, but I, <laughs> right. I but I remember as a kid that 
I mean, one, you could roll into Toys R Us and get a bike. Yes. Right? Yeah. Relatively cheap bike. I had a, I had a cheap bike for forever. And my then my parents got some old you know some better bikes and they were they stopped they didn't ride them as much so I inherited and rode rode around those bikes and you're talking about handbrake stuff that was the kind of you know I graduated from from a kid's bike to that but um one I remember I during like you know the afternoon block of whatever I was watching like there used to be bike commercials <laughs> for yes, kids you're right you're 100% there was like correct. a BMX I remember vag- vaguely like um like the voiceover something along the lines of it's a BMX bike and it's the, the metal used in it is the same metal they use in spacecrafts. You know, it was like, it was designed to be like really attractive to a kid of like, well, that's really cool. And I, you know, and, the, and of course the, 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 the visual is some kid on a bike doing like amazing tricks. And I, and for all I know, it's a professional adult that happened to be short doing all these tricks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Oh, but that reminds, it made me remember a movie that Clifton brought up. Remember Rad? We didn't mention Rad. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, when you said the tricks, I was like, wait a minute. Right. That that's what all yeah. that was about was the biking competition and how and how amazing it could be to be on a bike and do tricks like that. That that thing was yeah. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just went in depth more into that one in our, our sports movies, because it is a very unconventional sports movie for its time. Very mm. unconventional. But I loved it. Yeah. Also, I mean a more recent one, obviously I didn't watch it as a kid, but um the current the, the the current version of it, yeah. I yes. was uh, I was about to bring that up in relation to the older version of it too. I've only seen bits and pieces of the, the of the original one. I think I was a little too young for it, or it was one of those moments of, you know, I tried to watch it. My parents were like, nah, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> and then I and I definitely watched the the current it. I loved the current it. I thought it was amazingly well done. I thought it was really really good. Okay. And again, what I love about it is the idea that it takes it, it's it's one of the few ones that we see that I mean, sure, I'm, I'm, there's talk of a Goonies reboot. I keep hearing mm-hmm. talk of it, um, or not a reboot, but a revisiting. Um, right. But what I love about it is the fact that you have you know you have uh, Pennywise terrorizing them as children, and right. then they grow up, and then there's still the kid fear stuff that's going on. But it's not like you know, you you rarely get to see that outside of like comic books. Comic books do that stuff all the time. But I'm like saying mm-hmm. in other works mm-hmm. of fiction or sci-fi or horror, you don't always get to revisit characters as much as you do in something like that. Right. And again, it's one of those that when when I think about like Stranger Things, it's one of those like, oh, okay, you know, this is definitely a through line for me from from it to that. Right. Right. Oh yeah, of course. And I mean, I'll just go back to the to the 1990 it just while we're still talking about some of the older ones from that. Cause it was like, I feel like it was a very touchstone movie for a lot of kids or well, TV miniseries. Mm -hmm. It was a two part TV miniseries in 1990 starring uh, Tim. It was a Tim Curry. Tim Curry was was, Tim Curry as Pennywise. Pennywise. Right. And then like, isn't, um, wasn't uh, John Ritter in it? Am I thinking? Yeah, as the adult. John Ritter? Okay. Yeah, okay. you yeah. get John yeah. Ritter and Annette O'Toole, who uh-huh. you know I had seen from Superman stuff because she was she was Lana Lang in Superman three, right? Right. right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it was, and I grew up on uh, on Three's Company reruns. Sure. So I knew John Ritter, of course. <laughs> right. I, I didn't get to watch a lot of the horror movies, like the examples of these in the eighties, just because like we didn't watch horror movies in my family mm-hmm. and somehow the 1990 it on TV. Cause it was on TV as an ABC Sunday night movie or Monday night, Sunday night, Monday night miniseries snuck through. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at a friend's house when it started, yeah. but yeah, that one I think traumatized a lot of kids 
a lot of kids because mm-hmm. a lot like it snuck through the cracks for a lot of people that didn't watch horror like like it did for me right and in the first part of that especially it's very similar to like 2017 it like they broke it up into the two parts um where the first part focuses on the the 30 years ago as kids mm-hmm. and the second part focuses on on them as adults and that first part the 1990s series is terrifying <laughs> like i haven't watched it i haven't watched it in a while but right I remember that being like the scariest thing I had seen mm. probably to that point in my life. <laughs> and I mean, it didn't scare me away. Cause then I went and read the book. Oh wow. I got out of the library like not long after that way too young to have read that book. Yeah. But, uh, I did. And so it, it definitely intrigued me, but yeah, like there's just like the Tim Curry's, uh, Tim Curry's just scary in general. Right. Really. Like yes. I love him. Yes, I love him, but like, there's something creepy about him. And like you put him in like a, a clown makeup with sharp teeth and it's, it's now gone to the next level. Like that is just <laughs> right. terrifying. And yeah, I mean, everything about that, like it's just kids being imperiled. Yes. One after another nonstop. Mm-hmm. And then you get to them as adults. And this is again, like this is actually a theme Stephen King hits on a lot. Mm-hmm. And is that the trauma and horror of childhood like still haunts adults. Right. He doesn't, it's, it's quite literal in the sense of, of it where they're still being haunted by the same thing. 33, 30 years later, again, Mm -hmm. literally the same monster. But I mean, it's just that allegorical sense of like, yeah, like, like the horrors you face stick with you. That is just the, basically the theme of a lot of this stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's a great example of it. And yeah, trauma stays. I recommend both versions. Like, if you like the 2017, I do recommend going okay. back to the 90 just to be like, oh, like it, maybe this is quaint, or maybe like, <laughs> oh no, like this still this still holds up and is actually kind of harrowing. Right. This is actually kind of scary. Okay. But I yeah, just for me seeing like you know uh, fun loving Jack Tripper right being being so haunted was mm-hmm. was a, like a horror in and of itself okay. in that one yeah like i never like i said I, I vaguely remember like i remember it was like a miniseries and miniseries were a big deal in those days again we talked about the idea of you know you missed stuff in those days you missed it you know right there was no there was no dvr there was no streaming it was either you sat at home or you you vcr you know you, you you recorded it on the vcr or that was it yeah but no i've never gone back to revisit and i really liked the 2017 i thought both of them were really really mm-hmm. good so I'll check it out. Yeah, I like the I like both versions quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, I don't like horror. I'm not visiting. Not, <laughs> yeah. I'm fully You're not aware. bringing any horror to this nope, game. Nope. I'm fully aware that trauma lingers. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've come across many people who are still scared of clowns at my age. So I, I, I've seen firsthand what the effect of it did to yeah, a generation of people. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tim Curry, man. He's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh, indeed. He knows how to make you laugh or make you scared. Ooh. One, one I thought about that I that I'm I'm, I'm bringing up, and I just want to see what reaction we get out of it. That it was a, a, a it's it's a it's a it's a bike movie. It's a it's a, not really necessarily a kid on bike movie, but it's. A I know bike you're gonna movie. say. I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> what am I gonna say? Can I? Oh, you sure you want me to say? It? Sure, go ahead. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Of course, Pee Wee's yeah. Big Adventure. <laughs> I it's, it's, it's a kid. It's a it's a it's a. It's a man child. It's a it's a man child right. kid on a bike going to find his bike movie. Oh, definitely. Yes. He's a yeah. He is a very naif character. He's a very childlike yes, character. Very much so. But <laughs> when I was just thinking of ones that I'm like, what about Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Is that it's, it absolutely yes. is the whole oh, it time. Definitely is hundred percent. 
Yeah, he's a he's a man child who loves loves his bike. Yeah, if that's not a bike <laughs> movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, there's even the stuff with Dottie where he like turns her down and rebuffs her because no, no, you don't, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a loner, I'm a rebel, I got to get my bike, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, all that stuff is in there. I, I mean, it's I love that when I, I remember seeing it, I remember seeing it in the theater when I was a kid and loving it, and then revisiting and like this still holds up. This is still really funny stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right. But again, it's all you know. It's about him being, you know, looking for his bike and being on his bike and yeah. Yeah, as a kid, that made sense to me. I was like, oh, he just looked for his bike. Yeah. Right. He just wants to get his bike. Of course. Yeah. Why, why not? You can relate to that. Yes. Oh, indeed. At that age? Oh, my God. I was like, man, man, I'd be mad as anything. Somebody steal my bike. Yeah, Francis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But no, looking look that up. Yeah, I totally, I looked at it. I was like, huh, that definitely is a kid's movie. But uh, yeah, what, right. But what kills me is what? Else is a kids movie that I'm surprised that you didn't bring up. I mean, uh, kids on bikes is um, mm. Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah when they yeah. beat him up, yeah, <laughs> him down on the on their bikes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was horrifying when they when they caught up to. I like, oh, he's not gonna get away. No, <laughs> they're on bikes. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, and there's a scene where he just picks up. Then the scene where he picks up his bike in, in frustration and just throws it in the in the, in the dumpster. In the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But no. Oh my gosh. This the, the mere mention of the showing of bikes in certain like if you have a kid in the '80s, I, I don't know how it is, but they always connect them to a bike. Always. Yeah. Like for example, I I I had to recall Jumanji's a bike movie. A kid's is on it? a bike. Yeah. Because the house they forever. pick, remember the house they pick, they get to their mm. own bikes yeah. to do the um uh, the the um the um the old uh, the kids I can't think of the guy's name. They end up becoming uh Rob Williams's character. They bike right. to the house yeah. from the where um uh, and then that's when they play the game in the attic. Mm. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's all flooding back, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just a whole lot of uh kids on bikes, man. But. I, <laughs> Was the sand? I never seen the sandlot. Kids on bikes. I think so. I mean, yeah, it is. This is where it kind of bleeds into like sports movies or unconventional sports okay. movies. Okay. Because uh, okay. that's they're not they're not so much facing like the big adventure movie menace. It's no. kind of like rad. They're like they're facing isn't like, like isn't kind of milder stuff. Kind of coming yeah. of age kind of stuff. Yeah, kind okay. of coming of age, okay. kind of day in the life okay. a little bit. Okay. Uh, I mean, definitely on bikes. It definitely revolves around like that freedom of youth at that time. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're going to transition to get into a little bit uh, more of the modern takes on this in a second. But before that, I just wanted to remind you, if you're enjoying the show, you can check out all of our past episodes on our website. Let me know how it is dot com, as well as anywhere you find podcasts. Just please, if you enjoy the show and feel so inclined, give us a like or subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us out. Finally, if you want to suggest a topic, send it our way by email at info at letmenowhowitis.com, or we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials at LMKHII. So you'd mentioned you'd mentioned 2017, which like we so we were posing a couple questions. One is like, why did we love these movies when we were kids, mm-hmm. which I think we've hit on some of those reasons mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we were going to hit on is like, why are they still resonating so much now Yes, with audiences that there's been such a resurgence and in the 2017, it is part of that for sure. Okay. Um, but I mean, you can cite stranger things as being the impetus for a lot of it. And it was, mm-hmm. I think 
Stranger Things is what really cemented in in studio execs' minds that mm-hmm. okay, yeah, there's there's market for this. These things can happen again. But I think there was a hunger for it even before Stranger Things, and Stranger Things just hit at exactly the right time. It did to like seat that hunger because you did get a couple before it that were yes. were really trying to hit that itch, and one is Super Eight. The J.J. Abrams. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> That's one yeah. definitely that and fits it, yes. I can't remember what year that was exactly. 2011. 2011. Was it 2011? Mm-hmm. 2011. I was thinking it was 2011. Yes. Yeah, it is 2011. I yeah. didn't, yeah, okay. I didn't I didn't finish watching it. Because <laughs> that movie <laughs> okay. moves so slow for me. So slow. Right. Time. Yeah. I mean, it. I liked, I liked Super 8 at okay. the time it came out, but it was okay. not a perfect film to no, me by no. any means. Um, there were things I really appreciate about it um just you know as as someone obsessed with the genre that they were trying to to reintroduce that they were trying to to re-energize or or revisit uh and they and a lot of it works a lot of it does work Elle fanning she's a great strong presence in it very much like drew barrymore in in et is a great strong presence (laughs) like Elle fanning is I mean, kind of as memorable in the movie as that almost to me. I, she's definitely a standout performance in, in Super 8. It's a very, like, it's not even a major role. It's just like you look at this kid and be like, yeah, this kid knows, this kid knows what she's doing. Like, this kid's got skills. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can just sense it from watching yeah. it, even though it's not a major, major role or anything. But, uh, I mean, Super 8 was good. Like, it's definitely Abrams trying to recapture like the magic of Spielberg. Mm-hmm. He's trying to like pay homage to, to ET um, yeah. <laughs> most obviously oh, yeah, and stuff like that. Ooh, there's another movie that came out that year too, but uh, okay. It, 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 I'm interested to see if you say the same one I'm about to say. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I mean, let me go yeah. first. Yeah. Okay. Attack the block. That's exactly what yeah. I was about to say. Because <laughs> yeah. when he said that uh, uh, Boyega's breakout role was that. It was. In which that's what got him notoriety as Attack the Block with Nick Frost. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, huh, it's ironic that you would say that. And, and, and that movie came out the same year. And, and yeah. to me, it, it has that iconic, uh, to, and it's the one that's the only thing of kids on bike that it doesn't make sense is kids get away on bikes against cars or, or, <laughs> or, or vans or well, whatever. That's just how good they are. Yeah, right? yeah, no, that yeah, was part yeah, of the right. magic too. Yeah, yeah. In those eighties movies, that was part of the magic is that these kids on bikes could outrun like the government chasing you down yes. in a van with machine guns yes. and you'd still get away. <laughs> yeah. Cause you knew the shortcut to yes. like old man Smith's backyard yeah, or whatever. Or alleyways. Like, that was all part yeah. of the magic. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. They, they'd go through <laughs> the narrow openings that a car definitely couldn't travel through. No, you're, you're right with that. Yeah. And they'd have to, traverse the whole city in order to make it two blocks down to meet the kid in which the, there'd be a confrontation in which they would crash the car or or <laughs> or right. something supernatural happens that the car flips and they're able to bike right. away with no problem unscathed yeah 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 oh yeah but attack the block is fantastic i i really like it a lot have you seen it frank i have not I'm not familiar with this one either. Okay. I think it's it's currently streaming somewhere, possibly on stars right now. I know I just saw it somewhere recently in my streaming browsing, looking for something to watch, but it was 2011. It's directed by Joe Cornish. Who's a longtime collaborator of Edgar Wright. Okay. Uh, but this is a directorial outing on his own, um, takes place in at the time, modern day London, mm. uh, like a, 
I mean, it's again, it's it's lower income. It's not like well off people. They're in a kind of projects of that area. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not quite, but yeah, it's definitely like crowded apartment complexes. Yeah, <laughs> they're packed yeah. full of people. Oh yeah, and and there's and an alien lands in their park. Okay, and <laughs> these kids beat the crap out of it. Isn't that how it opens? <laughs> yeah, that's, that essentially, that's essentially the uh, the plot. Yeah. The, the neighborhood kids, they basically uh, they basically protect their block, literally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. From whatever this thing is, this this creature, and then and then essentially they're marked because of it, because mm. there's more of them, ah. and now those know what they did. Yeah, and that's what it's about. So it's them trying to protect this building from the rest of these creatures that are now out to get them. Wow. And they're just trying to protect themselves and and their neighbors, not so much altruistically at first, because they're not the like they're not the most kind kids. No, they're jerks. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my god, they're jerks. Yeah. That's again, like they are like that's another thing you would get in, in some movies that things have shied away from is that like these kids aren't the best. Yeah. But like they're not the lovable scamps of some of the some oh, of these yeah, movies. Yeah. No, not indeed. Not, not, all the not time. entirely. Okay. No, no, no. But they've got heart and they come around. Right. Um yes. the current Doctor Who is in it, uh Jody Whitaker. Whitaker, yeah, yeah. Jody Whitaker. Jody Whitaker. Uh, was in it as as a resident in their apartment that gets kind of wrapped up in it with them. Mm. It's very good though. I like it quite a bit. But the thing that kind of stands out about that one is that where like Super 8 and Stranger Things become period pieces mm-hmm. to kind of set this this type of story back in the period that we all know these stories were. Like when we saw them the first time, like like Super 8 and Stranger Things being in the to early to mid 80s. Uh, Attack the Block sets it in modern day. So ah. it just takes everything about that that genre, that subgenre that we like, but still sets it in modern current day. Okay. And and that's different. Not everything does that. And I think in the resurgence is it's it's possibly like a 50-50 split of like what goes back to the 80s and, and what's in present day. Uh in the case of 2017 it, it's literally a 50-50 split <laughs> between the right. 80s and modern present day just because of how they tell that story right. narratively. But yeah, I did think that was, that's another thing that makes attack the block stand out is that it just, it took all that, that storytelling, you know, the narrative style from the eighties, but, but just set it now in our world, like in our current world, mm-hmm. which you don't see a lot of the time at all. Uh, ironically, Joe Cornish did it again, just a few years ago with the kid who would be King. Ah, did he really? Oh, yeah. So I remember yeah. the ads for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same director, again, Joe Cornish, but this time, again, uh, British children, common children, and now they're on a quest to, to like, save the world King Arthur style. Okay. With all of the magics from Arthurian legend. But again, like, just traveling with their wits and not bikes this time, but by way of the, I guess, similarly liberating british public transit system <laughs> okay okay but also in modern in modern current day if i remember right i did see it i, yeah. I did like this one too no that wasn't bad i saw the trailer yeah yeah, yeah I, I totally forgot about that i was interested but it's, it's weird how certain movies just disappear from the radar after they they come to uh being screened mm-hmm, or something. Right. yeah 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 i did see that one in the theater but like okay i, I mean i see a lot of movies in the theater because i i have the little membership where i just get you know 12 free movies or 12 movies a month as part of it 
So I kind of see anything I'm vaguely interested in. (laughs) I'm not like everybody else, though. Not everybody else has that. So I understand. But yeah, even when I saw it in the theater, I was like, after it was after I saw it, it was gone. Like it was gone from from consciousness and awareness from everyone else. Right. But it is worth checking out. So I do recommend it if it's okay. on cable or something. I have to look to see where it's find it. Yeah, I have to look where it's yeah. So out of the resurgence of these Kids on Bikes movies, has anything else jumped out at you all? Oh. The modern versions? Well, for me, something that came up that somebody brought to my attention that I didn't even know exists was Turbo Kid. I've not seen it. I've heard about okay. it, but I've not seen it. I I need to finish my movies. <laughs> but Turbo Kid is like a future telling of a kid, but... The way they get it wrong in this, it's the future, where it's, but the year is weirdly 1997, but it's post-apocalyptic in some ways. Okay, and it came out after 1997? It came on 2015. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, in this post-apocalyptic world in which there's one kid who's on, uh, who, who, you know, wields the, uh, the uh, bike, is just... Right. Does he seems he seems fast. I mean, this thing is campy and corny as all get up. Okay. Okay. No, I've, I've been meaning to watch it too. But it's funny. It, it's 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 a it's a it's a weird throwback to to what we see because it has Michael Ironside as the heavy, and it's okay. and, right. <laughs> of course, and yeah. it's an eye patch, and you know, just just tell you <laughs> sure. know, just controlling people within that. Uh, it it it's stupid fun. You cannot take this seriously. <laughs> you know, it's it's that whole apocalyptic thing. In which, for some reason, he wears he 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 uh is able to be that much powerful because he wields it on a bike. It's just if you see it, it's right. just you can't take it seriously. But it's just straight comedy you can watch while uh cooking a meal or doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. But yeah, Turbo Kid. See, I totally get that about thinking 1997's post-apocalyptic because, like you were saying, how hard it was to imagine. When you're a kid, four years in the future. Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. When you're kids in the <laughs> yeah. '80s, if somebody said 1997, that's like that's like generations away. Right. Like you're not you're not comprehending what's going to be there. And like all the movies, everything went bad in the '90s. Like if it made it to the year 2000, it was lucky in fiction at that point in the '80s. Yes. But you're looking at like like Terminator Judgment Day, and like everything's already happened mm-hmm. by the by the mid '90s in all the fiction. We weren't planning to live that far ahead, apparently, no. like, at the end of the Cold War, which I guess makes sense. Yeah, a lot of concern, a lot of concerns about the end of the world. So, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. And strange enough, in that movie, that water was king. Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that that yeah, it's weirdly, it's uh, it's so weird. It's like, well, the house might describe it as Sam Raimi and James Cameron did the Mad Max movie. With only on a buck twenty five, you know, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the that's the madness that makes this movie interesting. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about earlier in the show, like what we liked about these things, like what we responded to about all of these stories. But like, I mean, clearly, like we've just talked about the more modern versions, this resurgence that we're getting, and they're going strong. Like people mm-hmm. love this stuff now. Do you have any theories about like why audiences like why it's still resonating with audiences, even like people younger than us, like kids today love this stuff, too? Like, do you have any theories of why this stuff's still going so strong? Well, uh, to me, I feel like it's well, the number one word to me is nostalgia, because whenever uh, something of that nature that the parents can relate to, they're going to drag the kids along Mm -hmm. to show them how they lived their childhood and how much fun it was to be in their age. Right. And also it's a sense of 
freedom that kids now don't get as far as that's concerned. Yeah. I mean, you really <laughs> don't get helicopter parenting in all those times, you know? <laughs> it's like, right. No. Again, I don't I don't question the reality of it in the, in shows like Stranger Things. Right. But there are moments as a parent I go, "Wow, that kid, you know, that kid is so far away from his parent and they have no idea where <laughs> None. or None. You know, where they right. are." And when, there's no way to contact them. There's no. nothing. <laughs> and then on top of that, to me, it's it's to them it's like the stone ages because yes. there are no screens. None. Yes. Yeah. And no. no one's and no one's looking for them. Like you take away um video games, mm-hmm. cell phones, and it, it felt more dangerous. <laughs> you know, right. it's almost mm-hmm. a, it's almost like back in the day I used to work ten, you know, walk ten miles to school and twenty miles back, you know, that type of imagery. Right. right. And then yeah. okay, like in Stranger Things they get around some of it by giving them the walkies, and I get it they you know, they want to have some kind of you know, they didn't want to constantly have like in the script the notation of like, and so you know, and and Dustin had to find a payphone, you know, yes. trying to call, like, you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Which we right. would have had to done, you know, that was how it would have been in that time. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, if you weren't in someone's house or you weren't home, you would have to like search out a payphone and then, you know, hope someone would answer and then hi, can I right. please speak to you know, you can call Mike's house and it'd have to be like, Hey, Hey, Mrs. Wheeler, can I please speak to Mike? And then that's yeah. a lot of, that's why right. they did, I'm sure that's why they did, other than the fact that, you know, kids, you know, use that, that device and other sort, you know, kids on bike shows. Yeah. Um, or movies. Right. And they certainly weren't unrealistic at the time. No. Like we, like, even in, even in some of my friends, we had walkie talkies, they weren't the good ones. So right. like, you know, like from our street to down to the end of the street or next cul-de-sac over, it worked beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't getting much reception. Right. So they definitely have better ones in these shows, but like it was a technology we all kind of dreamed about that. Oh, then, big time. Uh, being able to use. Yeah. I mean, nostalgia you mentioned, I think definitely a big part because uh, like that's why we, that's what brings us all back mm. to it. I think is, is a big chunk of it. Not just that, but it's also like an excellent show. Right. So it's not just the nostalgia. It's nostalgia plus quality mm-hmm. uh, is what keeps us coming around. But yeah, I mean, I kind of think back to like the nostalgia and how it runs in 30 or so year cycles, because I think yeah. back to when we were kids and you had so much media based in the 50s because that was our parents. Right. Heyday. Right. Like that was what they that was their idyllic mm-hmm. time. That's when Stand By Me was a successful film set in the 50s. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. when Back to the Future. Right. Was such a successful movie partially half set in the right. 50s, 1955. Mm-hmm. So we do, it is, it was kind of time for that cycle to hit again. So nostalgia definitely is part of it. And yeah, I think it does like, it, it shows kids like this kind of like kids today, younger people. Cause I see the TikToks, and I mean, I know younger people who love, like love stranger things. I've seen the tribute videos mm-hmm. to like every character has like tons and tons of tribute videos on TikTok now from younger viewers. And so, I mean, yeah, they're definitely connecting with all of it. And yeah, part of it might be like that. It, it looks kind of like a little bit of a fantastical world to them. Oh, mm-hmm. where there, yeah. There oh, is all that freedom. Yeah, tremendously so. But uh, to me, another glaring thing, too, that now that you brought it, I mean, now that you're bringing about the imagery between the 80s and the 50s, is there's a mm-hmm. huge technology gap that almost seems right. impossible to imagine, yeah. you know? Yeah, like the, like the back to the future differences yes. of like, like tab, like what's tab? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, yes. And yes. like, it, it seems kind of quaint compared to, this is a cell phone right. that exactly. has like all human knowledge in your pocket in your compared pocket. to that. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a bigger span. But I I think a lot of it also is, you know, it's, it's in a lot of ways it is, um, 
and I was trying to think more about this and, and my, you know, not to be glib, but I think part of it is Winona Ryder. Yeah. I think the fact that she is a hook into the time that we, you know, we grew up in. True. You know, yeah. you know, true. You know, when you think, when I think back to those days of like, you no, know, she was in a million things at that time, mm-hmm. you know, and she was, you know, you know, uh, I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, obviously a crush for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah, in for that sure. time. So I think that's one of the things where, you know, she had been away and we hadn't really seen her in anything. And I think the idea of her being in something that's along the lines of, you know, again, passing that kind of like passing that baton. I mean, granted, she's not in a lot of genre stuff, really, is she? Right. I don't think, yeah. not, I mean, there's not quite, you know, she didn't really have a kids and bikes. No, I mean, she was in Lucas, which is a sports movie, kids right. sports movie, sad yeah. kids sports movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Right. And she was in like Beetlejuice, sure. a little bit of adventure, adventure paranormal. Right. Um, and then Heather's dark yeah, comedy. Definitely you know, Heather's, yeah. Dark, dark comedy. Right. Yeah. So I mean, she's in a bunch of stuff at the time, but not quite exactly like this yeah. stuff. But I thought that, you know, that was one of those like, oh, that's cool. When I write or something. And then when I found yeah. that it was more along like, you know, like the stuff that we were, we grew up on. Because mm-hmm. one thing I, I said about Stranger Things early on to people when I watched the first season with my wife was it's a, it's a, it borrows from so much stuff that you've seen, but does it in a way that doesn't feel like some stuff that just reshuffles stuff. Right. Like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, granted, there are moments that I was like, I'm pointing like, okay, I see where they're coming from or like, this is like that, but it's not the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. They find like new angles in it or they find the heart and then just like expand the heart of what that moment was mm-hmm. to make something kind of like feel fresh out of it. Yep. Yeah. And the other, like the other thing I was thinking is that just like, I think there's just something that resonates with everybody about these stories of like kids empowerment of like, yeah, kids can change the world because mm-hmm. you're always looking to, you know, the next generation to fix the mistakes right. of the previous generation. I think that's just kind of a timeless thing that maybe, that maybe people do always connect with that. Yeah. Like these kids are the only ones that can save the day in these things mm-hmm. in Hawking's in, in everything. Cause the adults are, you know, oblivious or just too caught up in their ways or in denial. I see. Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. Evil. Or, be- or, just or behind evil. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but uh, you know, when I was thinking about it, again, along with Winona Ryder, I'm like, you know, the show itself, like beyond the kids is pretty populated with, you know, actors that we've, you know, that are either beloved or we're in things like, you know, for example, the current season has, um, we're not going to spoil it. Are we going to tell, you know, I don't, I don't know if people know, like there's a fairly big horror icon in it. If you're not okay, aware yeah. of it. Right. Um, you know, we've had other seasons has had, you know, um, uh, like Paul Reiser's like who knew Paul Reiser was going to come back for straight <laughs> you know, I don't know what he's doing, right. but, but he's another one, you know, Mikey from Goonies. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sean Astin, Sean Astin. Mm-hmm. who was iconic in the eighties yeah. mm-hmm. for these types of roles, Goonies and the Brat Patrol, yeah. which I forgot to mention earlier, but was one that I, I liked a lot. Matthew Modine was all over stuff. In the yeah, 80s. He yeah. Was. yeah. You know, he made a bunch of eighties movies too. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't Carrie Elways was like the mayor or something or mayor candidate from one of the seasons. I think so. I that think sounds so. right. So yeah. again, so. You, they've done a pretty good job. Like, it's not like, you know, you're not talking, you know, like it's not like Tom Cruise rolls into Hawkins, but at the same time, <laughs> right. you know, we have gotten a fair amount of like eighties, you know, characters. You're like, Oh, or actors. You're like, Oh, I know who this is. Right. You know, I remember this mm-hmm. or nostalgia is there for them or, you know, but yeah, I think that was, like I said, the main thing for me was just the idea of just the, this, you know, the idea that they're basically trying to show you like, uh, like I said, the idea of more nostalgia of people that we loved or, or watched 
when we were kids too. I think that that's right. why, because a lot of the things that I see for people posting about Stranger Things are like you said, there's younger people, but there's also people our age and older that love it too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, and again, it may just be nostalgia from when they were kids and like we talked about, you know, the freedom that we had and all that. But I also think it's, it didn't hurt the fact that they're, you know, they do a pretty good job of seeding it with other people that we watch too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Then the, the final thing that I think I want to discuss is if everybody's finished Stranger Things for now, like, or, or finishes it soon, the current season, what's something you would recommend that they could watch if they want to, you know, just get into something else that has similar vibes, similar feel, similar kids and bike themes. The one that really I like that resurgence of it is Craig the Creek. For one, the whole Creek imagery of where the kids congregate at the Creek and just do different things. But it even goes deeper by having each little group have their own little subgenres of kids together, group together. Mm-hmm. And the one that, uh, that made me laugh out loud is the group called the 10 Speeds. In okay. which <laughs> the, all you had to do was have a love of bikes and just act like you're doing so much more than the bike is capable of doing. Like this one <laughs> kid acts like he can go through something speed. I forgot what it's called, hyperspeed or whatever, where he, <laughs> where he, he bends the, the dimensions of time and space in order to go wherever he needs to go based upon using this bike. <laughs> and then there's one other story called uh, the Ice Pop Trio in season three where Craig God, I can't think of his name, and two other people on bikes, and they're able to try to get to this 7-Eleven in order to mm. get this ice pop, but they find out that they that, that one doesn't have it, so they have to create a situation or space in which he goes, I forgot what it's called, he goes through hyperspace or whatever to get the one across <laughs> town, <laughs> but it's right. just, it has the campiness and imagination of kids on bikes, and it's so nice, okay. it's so nice, yeah, but I can't recommend that enough. It's on season three, episode eight. Yeah. Craig the Creek. It's currently on Cartoon Network. And is it on HBO Max as well? It is on HBO Max as okay. well. Okay. Yes. So that's where you can find it. I love that episode. I do keep meaning to go back and watch that one too. Yes. Great cartoon. Frank, do you have any suggestions? Anything people might like to go revisit or visit? Um, If you've not uh, read the, I would read before it comes out on, I believe it's Netflix. I would read Paper Girls. By Brian K. Vaughn. Amazon. Is it Amazon? Okay. On Amazon. It is Amazon. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. Mm-hmm. Um, another great uh, Kids on Bikes. Um, but it's Paper Girls. It's 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 Brian K. Vaughn. Great stuff. Really illustrated right. nicely. Um, I think it's, you know, I, if, if people don't dismiss that in hand as being derivative of Stranger Things, I think they'll really <laughs> enjoy it. Uh, but yeah. the comic's great. Comic's a lot of fun. So Yeah. Paper Girls. The comic book is by Image Comics, so you can find it in issues, digital, or uh, trade paperback collections. And yeah, I'm not sure when the show is supposed to hit Amazon. Um, Definitely looking forward to it. Definitely excited about it. And uh, and hoping Brian K. Vaughn has some success uh, with an adaptation this time. (laughs) Because shockingly, he hasn't had a lot of success yet with his adaptations, unfortunately. It's coming on Amazon. End of this month. Oh, is it? On the 29th. Is oh, it wow. this soon? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah again, <laughs> okay, good. People don't waste time with, um, as soon as they announce it, they, they push it out quick now. Yeah, they yeah. definitely don't give you much warning on shows these days. At all. <laughs> so for my recommendation, um, because I did, I did finish Stranger Things at the crack of dawn mm-hmm. the other day on a work day, like I said. Um, I'd, I'd recommend 
I'd recommend the two Joe Cornish ones I mentioned, Attack the Block and Kid Who Would Be King. Both different, one fantasy, one sci-fi, but I like them both a lot. Um, both set like got kind, of, kind of modern takes on on this, and yeah, those are the ones I would recommend. Very good. So, as we always do, we'll post episode notes with links and examples to lots of the stuff we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter, where you can find us at our show initials at LMKHII. And thank you for listening. Tommy has a joke for us. What is the joke, Tommy? Okay. The cops came by and said, my dogs were chasing kids on bikes. I replied, I said, that's impossible. My dogs don't have bikes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good.